thank you for tuning into Calvary Life Keller's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged in your personal relationship with Jesus. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit us at www.calvarylife.us. I have a message for the men today. We are in our, uh, our third week series called For Real, For Real Faith. And I don't normally focus so much on, on the holidays. I, I preach what the Lord tells me to preach. But for today, I had a message for the men. Hallelujah. Now, I wasn't supposed to be the one to preach. I didn't want to gossip, but someone reneged. Y'all know I preached on Mother's Day. Someone made a promise that they would preach on Father's Day. I ain't got, listen, I don't want to church. I'm not in church trying to gossip or all that. But all I'm just saying, someone reneged. I ain't, I ain't calling out anyone here. I'm just saying. Someone reneged, so I have to preach. It's okay, but I had a word from the Lord. The Lord wants to speak. Speak to the men today. It's okay. Right? This is how I celebrate my Father's Day. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm going to be reading out of Joshua 24. Man, what a man of faith Joshua was. Joshua chapter 24, starting in verse uh, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, well, choose yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, I don't know what y'all going to do. I don't know what y'all thinking, who y'all going to serve. But as for me and my house, yes, we will serve the Lord. I made up my mind. We will serve the Lord. Tell somebody I made up my mind. We're going to serve the Lord. Oh, that's a powerful declaration. I made up my mind. Me and, me and my family, we're going we to serve the Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, let's, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Uh, ultimate Father, Lord God, we just thank you. We just say happy Father's Day to, to you. Lord, every day is, 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 is we are supposed to thank you for, for being a good, good father, Lord. We're honored. Lord, to call you our Father. Thank you for this opportunity that we have here just to worship you, God. Sometimes we take it for granted. Like, we get to worship you. We get to serve you. Hallelujah. What a great privilege and honor that is. God, I know you're going to do some exciting things here, Lord God. You're going to challenge us like no other, Lord. So, Father, just thank you for this word today. I pray that this word becomes flesh today. Have your way. Think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords, Lord. We don't want regular church. We want to see you move in this place right now. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a shout. Yeah. Hallelujah. You may remain standing. <laughs> so we are in this series. Um, 
I mean, Pastor Leona just really just challenged us, right? Like, uh, really challenged our faith, and that's what we're doing. We're, 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 I want you to learn how to walk this thing out. How to walk it. What does faith look like in your everyday life? That's what it's about, right? Walking this faith journey out, right? So God wants you to make an impact. Your faith to make an impact so others can see it, right? So this is is important that we we learn how how to do this. Um, you know, our faith is being tested like no other. Oh my goodness, it's like it's it's really being challenged, and you know, uh, I believe these struggling times that we're in right now, and the, the world is saying, will the real faith believers stand up? Yeah. Right? He's trying to eliminate. If, you don't, if you're not strong in your faith, you, you will be um, very much challenged in this world. Amen? So we have a, our, a biblical definition of, of faith. Um, it's important. We've been, uh, this is our definition for the entire series. We've been focus, focusing on this definition here. So a biblical definition of faith is trusting in something you cannot explicitly see, right? It doesn't make any sense. Isn't that crazy? That's what faith is. It's just a, something that you cannot, uh, something that you cannot even see. So trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove or even see. So remember, this definition contains two aspects, right? So one aspect is the intellectual assent. The second one is trust. See, intellectual assent is, is, is trusting in something, right? Or, or believing that something is true, I should say. Um, trust is relying on that something to be true. And we've been using a, a chair as, as our metaphor is so intellectual assent is, is saying or recognizing that this is a chair and is designed to support someone to sit in it. But trust is actually sitting in the chair. So, we, so this is our metaphor of our seat of faith. So knowing what faith is, is one thing, but having faith and putting your faith to work is another. Faith in the head is dead. Faith is substance, not concepts. It's action. Faith is something. We always try to figure things out. We're always trying to figure God out. We're always, when God tells us to do something, we're always trying to figure it out, right? Or we're trying to find proof. Proof, like, okay, it, 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 God really wants me to do this or, or to do that. No, God's saying that. No, you need to use your faith. This is the time that where faith needs to be activated in your life. Faith in the head is dead. So here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to get faith to go from here to your heart and to your hands, to your head, from your head to your heart, and to your hands. So men, the message for you today, 
What God is trying to put in your hand is legendary. It's legendary. God wants you to leave a legacy, a legacy. Are you with me? It's going to be powerful. But we got to get faith from here to here to here. I believe we have some Barnabas out out there who, who will be remembered for their faith, who will be remembered for bringing a group of people to the Lord. What a great legacy that is. I want to challenge you here this morning. For all the men, I want to challenge you here this morning. God is looking for men to choose him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not about what you say. Here's, listen to this. This is, what, this is what he wants you to choose. His word, his will, and his ways. I want you to get this, so I want you to say it with me, right? God wants you to choose his word. Let's try, let's try, that, let's try that again. Let's try it. So God wants you to choose his word. His will, his ways. His word, his will, his ways. So that's my message for you today. So in our text, right, here's Joshua dealing with some complicated people. You know, Joshua, is, is, uh, uh, he took over for Moses and he led the people out uh, in, into the promising out of the, the wilderness. Uh, so Joshua's a, a man of faith. So now he is confronting these individuals about their choices. Right? So, and these are the same people who was uh, uh, delivered from Egypt, but they still had a little Egypt in them. Yeah, they still had a little Egypt in them. I mean, you know some of those people in your life, right? Hopefully it's not you, but you know some of those people in your life, right? Who confess that they are saved, but they still got a little Egypt in them. Right? I mean, you know, can you, I, sometimes I hear what comes out of people's mouths, it, it, how they cut people with their words, and I'm, I'm going to myself, for real, for real? That, that just came out of your mouth? You know some of those people, right? I'm not alone up here. It feels like I'm alone up here, but I know I'm not alone. The Holy Spirit is definitely with me, so if you're not with me, that's okay. I'm just saying, you know some of those people who, the things that come out of their mouth, and you like, for real, for real? Like, I know you say that you are saved, but it just seems like you got a little Egypt in you. And I think the church does a bad job because we make excuses for people. Yeah. We say, oh, well, so, you know, so-and-so, um, she, she don't mean no harm. I, I know what she said is, is bad or would, or would offend you, but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's okay. You know, she just got a little Egypt in her. Why right, we just make excuses. No, 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 no. So here are these folks, they still had a little Egypt in them. So they were, they were choosing other things over God. So Joshua was confronting them, right? And, and, and part of the, the, their problems was they were probably, they did, not, they did not receive God's blessing or they did not receive God's love because of the root of rejection. 
See, sometimes it's hard for us to receive from the Lord if we've been rejected by people. Because it actually spills over into our relationship of God because we never uproot that, that, uh, that, that root of um, rejection. Yeah. Right? So it's hard to receive from the Lord. I'm t- so sometimes I know some people here may have been rejected by their father. And I'm telling you right now, I'm challenging you, right, challenging you right now. Don't allow your natural father's rejection to hinder you from receiving the heavenly father's love. See, when God looks at you, he does not see rejection. He does not see you as rejected. He sees you as adopted. Because he brought you into his family. It don't matter who birthed you. He called you. He created you. So he sees you in heavenly places. Seated in heavenly places right next to Jesus. So when he looks at you, he does not see you as rejected. And that's something that's powerful. So that should be healing right now. I'm hoping if I don't say anything else, if you have a, a, a root of rejection, you should be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Because I want to challenge you. You cannot get a higher status than being a child of God. There's nothing more important than being a child of God. So that means nothing else should matter. I know it hurts when your natural parent, your natural father rejects you, or if you're in a relationship, your, your, your wife or your husband rejects you. I know it, it definitely hurts, but you have to remain in your seat of faith, knowing who you are in Christ. Because at the end of the day, right, the world will pass away, people will pass away, but God will remain and you will always be his child. You will always be his child. Is anyone going with me this morning? Hallelujah. So here's Joshua. He's dealing with these complicated people. So he says to them, it's time for y'all to choose. It's time for y'all to choose. Who are you going to serve? Basically, he's saying that you want to just serve the the, the old gods in in Egypt? Well, go back to Egypt. Go go back serving, go back serving there. Go back there. If you if you if you you're having a hard time choosing, I mean, all that God has done in your life. Imagine how Joshua was confronted of all that the Lord has done in your life, and you're 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 wavering of of who you're gonna live for, who you're gonna live for. It's like, come on, make a decision. I'm challenging Christians today, make a decision because we are hurting the church and confusing the world because we have not made a decision. Who are we going to serve? We're trying to serve two masters. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Make a decision. We're putting a stain on Christianity. We're putting a stain on the church because people won't make the decision that I am going to serve the Lord and serve the Lord only. It's Joshua. So Joshua confronted them, and Joshua made a decision. He made a decision. He told them. He made a declaration. He says, me and my family? We're going to serve the Lord. 
We're going to. So he made a decision that he was going to serve God in order. See, it, he didn't talk about going to church every Sunday. Because you can go to church every Sunday but not serve the Lord. Oh. So he's talking about, no, God is going to be my God. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I'm going to celebrate him with you on Sunday. So he said, me and my family are going to serve the Lord. See, when a man makes up his mind that he and his family is going to serve, serve the Lord, a legacy gets established. And, and, and their children will remember how his, his father took a stand in, in, in faith and saying that me and my family is going to serve the Lord. Isn't that powerful? So for men, we must choose him. We must choose his word. We must choose his will. We must choose his ways. Choose his word, his will, and his ways. Okay, so I have my first point for you. Ready? Faith is built on the word of God. <laughs> there are no uh, uh, special formula like it's just not. If you don't read the word, it won't change you. It's really just that simple. If you don't read it, it's not going to change you. See, the word is the infrastructure for your faith. It's like this chair, right? It will, the, the, word will, uh, the, your, the word will support your faith. As you activate your faith, your, the word will support it. Is anybody going with me? So the Bible says that in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We just heard Pastor Leona mention about hearing. See, there is nothing in natural man can create faith. Faith does not birth hearing and hearing does not birth the word. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by the word of God if we hear it, if we understand it, if we receive it. If you hear it, means you understand it and you receive it. That's how faith is created. We going somewhere? I'm here to tell you, you may not like this, right? But I'm here to tell you anyway. Faith is not built by sight. It's not built by sight. I didn't make this up. It's in the Bible. Right? It's not built by sight. There are some Christians who always uh, believe only when they see. I can see it. I believe. Who made that phrase up? It's, it's dumb. It's not true. It's like, if I can believe it, if I see it, I can believe it. It, it saddens me. Because Christians who will believe only when they see will have difficulties growing closer to the Lord. Right? Faith is not built by sight. But you must see yourself as God sees you. The only way you can do that if you read his word. If you read his word. So, so, you, so you must see yourself as God sees you. So this is why I believe some people have a hard time with this scripture. Right? The scripture out of Philippians 
have a hard time applying the scriptures in Philippians 13, 14. It says, brethren, I do not count my, myself to have apprehended, but the one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the, those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of Christ in Jesus. See, if you don't see yourself in the scriptures, you will not leave things behind. And that's where bitterness comes from. Bitterness comes from not leaving things behind. It says forget those things behind. It means to leave those things behind. Because if you don't leave those things behind, you would be too tired to reach forward. And it says to focus on your upward call. How are you going to focus on your upward call, upward call, if you're, you're so bitter? If you focus on things that happen to you. It says to leave those things behind. So it takes faith to do that. It doesn't make sense. Right? We're trying to figure out, well, how am I supposed to let go of these things if I'm still hurting? That's what faith is. You just can't explicitly prove it, but it's what God requires of us is to leave those things behind so that way our, uh, our faith is not built on bitterness. It says to leave, leave those things behind. What is God challenging you, Right? To leave behind that you've been holding on for like 10 years is that number someone's been holding on to something for about 10 years and it's been holding you back like you you can't reach for what God's trying to give you because you're too bitter so then when a trial comes to grow you you receive it as it's to hurt you but God's trying to grow you. Oh, I hope you forgive me. It's the word that the Lord gave me. I hope you're going with me right now. So what is your faith build, built on? So I'm encouraging you today, build your faith by reading and speaking God's word. See, the Bible tells us to renew our mind. How are you going to do that? Like you can meditate all you want, but if you don't meditate with the word of God, it's not going to renew your mind. Sometimes we're trying to renew our mind with some old stuff. <laughs> it's just making you more bitter and not better. Since the Bible says to renew our minds, we renew our minds by the word of God, with the word of God. Right? So if you're feeling defeated right now, if you constantly feel defeated, it's, be, it's probably because you're believing some lie that the enemy told you. The Lord said, leave that behind. Let the word of God tell you who you are and what you have. Let the word of God tell you who you are and what you have. I'm challenging you right now. Let the word of God speak in your life. Don't give anything, attention to anything that tells you differently from what, 
God's word says. See, when you read God's word and receive it, it will produce in you the message it bears. I'm going to let that one marinate. Right? So when you, when you receive his word, it will produce the message that it bears. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is how you choose to see yourself at God, as God sees you. So, you know, Gideon, right? So when God visited Gideon, excuse me, I love talking about Gideon because it was just, just an awesome thing how when, when the angel appeared, the angel was God, angel appeared to, to Gideon, he, he visited him in his mess. And that's some, um, he, vis- he was hiding in the cave. He was hiding. He was fearful. He was hiding in the cave, hiding from all the bullies out, out there. So he's hiding in the cave. So God calls, um, approaches him and says, mighty warrior. But he's hiding in the cave. But God says, mighty warrior. See, God didn't see him as a coward. God didn't see him as fearful. He saw him as a mighty warrior. So when God speaks something over you, right, you must believe it, receive it, and speak it. Believe it and and receive it and speak it. So I believe Gideon had to receive, believe the word, what God is saying, and receive it and speak it over his life. He probably had to say, mighty warrior. I'm a mighty warrior. I'm a mighty warrior. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense of my condition right now, but that's what God says. So I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to receive it, I'm going to speak it. I am a mighty warrior. I am a mighty warrior. I am a mighty warrior. And do not get out off your seat of faith. Stay in your position no matter what the condition is going on around you. I am a mighty warrior. I am a mighty warrior. You need to speak that thing over your life. What is God saying about you? I am a mighty warrior. I am a mighty warrior. Somebody need to go with me this morning. Yeah. That's how you confuse the enemy, right? Because the enemy... It's trying to uh, tell you, remind you of all your failures. He's trying to call you a failure because all the mistakes that you've made. But God, when God sees you, when God approaches you, he's just an almighty warrior. He speaks to what you are becoming. You may not see it right now, but just stay in your seat of faith. Because God is doing something. It's a process. It was a, that process started for Gideon when God spoke it over his life, right? And so as God spoke it over his, his life, the message will, will, will pr- produce, right, what the word says in his life, right? The message that God gave him will produce what it, what it says. It's a process. Mighty warrior. What is God saying in your life? Yes. You will build your faith as you constantly remind yourself of who you are in Christ and choose to believe what God says about you. Believe what God says about you, who you are in Christ, and you will become what you are in him. Hallelujah. So my second point, second point, you ready? So 
must have faith in God's will. Uh, that's the, this is a sticky one right here in school. Ooh, must have faith in God's will. So I get this question all the time. And it's through other pastors. We, we get this question all the time. What is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? And you know, so I, I love to help people. I love to sit down and mentor them and, you know, uh, love to have answers for them. So I'm just like, yeah, what is God's will for your life? Okay, wait, 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 here you go. Here you go, wait, wait, wait. Right, here it comes. Revelation is coming. Wait, 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 wait. Revelation is coming, right. Oh, it's going to be good. Oh, my goodness. I have it for you right now. You ready? Oh, my God. Here it goes. Here's what the Lord is saying. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait. I don't know. I don't know what God's will is for your life. I don't know. So you're like, Pastor, well, why are you talking about this? Why are you talking about this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know God's will for your life. Because I, I know we seek clarity, right? Especially for personal things, ministries, financial things, parenting, right? So we want to know what's God's will for our lives. We want to know what's God's will for our lives, right? But we don't need to know God's will if you're, if you're confident in his word. I, Pastor Steve told me to say this to you guys. I, I mean, <laughs> but you don't need to know what God's will is for your life if you are confident in his word. So it's more about resting in his words than wrestling with your uncertainties. So he's trying to figure out, God, what's your will? What's your will? We waste so much time trying to wonder what God's will is, and he's just asking us for faith. <laughs> Read my word and follow it. Right? So, he, so, we, so God is saying that you have to be confident in his word and follow it. All I know is God, is God says that our steps are ordered by him. So what does that mean? So we need to keep in step with God through the Holy Spirit's guidance. And we do that by reading his words. Right? Keep in step. So, so when Jesus came to the disciples, their first call to the disciples he told them, he says, drop your nets and follow me. Drop your nets and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. So what does that mean? That Jesus does the making and we do the following. Just follow. I believe that a lot of Christian men are trying to follow Jesus with their nets in their hand. He's trying to follow Jesus with the nets in hand. He says, drop your nets and follow me. God cannot give you anything new because your hands are full. Jesus said, follow me. I'll show you something new. I'll show you how to catch better fish. I'll show you how to make an impact with your faith. Just follow me. But first, drop your nets. Drop your nets. But we want to follow Jesus with our nets for security just in case this whole Jesus thing don't work out. I can go back fishing. So he said to drop your nets. That means drop your will. Stop trying to discover the will of God if you don't, if you don't drop your will. Drop your will. Drop 
everything. Drop everything. Joshua said, me and my house is going to serve the Lord. That means everything. We're going to give everything over to God. He says, drop your nets. Drop your nets. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? If God has not given it to you, drop it. Drop it. We try to hold on to stuff. Then we get exhausted because we have not dropped our nets. We're trying to figure out what God's will is for our life. God's saying, will you drop your nets and follow me? Drop your old life. He give you a new one. I just want to know, because I notice some men have a hard time dropping their old life. What is so important in your old life that you want to carry? What is so important in your old life that you need to carry? He says to drop it. Drop your old self and receive the new, right? So if you're wondering if, if it's a door that God's opening, because we like to know what God's will. So we look for, we, we ask God when we pray about certain opportunities, we ask God, so what door, what door, you know, is open for me? What door should I, should I walk through? So here's, here's, here's what I want to give you. If you're wondering if this is a door God opened for you, make sure there are steps towards Jesus and not away from him. The steps are, our steps are ordered. We must keep in step with him. So any opportunities, because there are good, good opportunities and there are God opportunities. Right? So the world will offer us good things. But our Lord will offer us godly things in our lives because he wants to us to keep in step with him. The door that God opens will never contradict his word. See, people are trying to figure out what God's will for, is for their lives, but they're not reading his word. How would you ever know? God was, I'm telling you, God would never reveal his will to you, especially if you're not reading his word. He won't. He will not reveal his will if you're not reading his word. The door that God opens will be accompanied by confirmation. When two or three are gathered, when two or three are gathered. It's amazing. I love getting together with, with men in the church because we start talking about God's word. We start talking about life, life stuff. And it's just, we're just confirming things. I remember my, uh, uh, many times that George and I were, he come come to my house, drop things off. We were in my garage, and we start speaking the, the the word. And I was just like, "Oh man, that's what I'm that's what I'm preaching on." Or you know, it's like it's amazing how God confirms certain things. But well, we're all reading the word. We're all reading the word. So sometimes people don't want to receive for anyone else because they're not reading the word. They just want God to tell them exactly what they need to do. But God often confirms it by by other people, right? Oh, I'm let that one go. I'm let that one go. All right, so I'm a. So the next, my third point, third and final point, I want I want to give you, that I'm gonna let you go and enjoy your Father's Day, because we only get one day, so we can't waste it. Amen. <laughs> so I'm gonna hook you up, man. I'm gonna hook you up. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go. But I do want to send you with a word. Send you away with a word that would change your life forever. 
So faith is doing things God's way. So remember, so God wants us to choose his word, his will, and his ways. So faith is doing things God's way. See, there are often times where I'm in prayer, I bring my struggles to the Lord, and I actually bring a well-thought-out plan that God can choose from. Am I by myself? It's, it's okay. I just talk about myself. It's, it's all right. I just so I I'm good at coming up with plans, man. I, I feel like I'm really good. That's one of my gifts. I really feel like. And so sometimes I bring it to the Lord and I say, Lord, okay, here's my struggle, but here's the plan. Can you co-sign on it? And so I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired. I come to realize that it just don't work. Because God's ways are not my ways. It's exhausting trying to figure God out. Like, we, God doesn't need our help. I know it's our life, but really it shouldn't be. It should be his. That'd be a little too churchy for you, but it's our life should be his, his life, right? And so, but, so, I mean, we don't need to try to figure it out. It's, it's exhausting try, trying to figure things out, trying to figure God out, right? So we, I, I just started giving up. I'm like, Lord, have your way. That's something powerful when you say, Lord, have your way. He didn't have his way anyway. Lord, have, have your way, right? See, because men, we try, we, we have the tendency to fix things. We love to fix things, Right? problems, anything that gets damaged. We, try, we, we love to fix things, right? And we are fixers, right? I know I'm horrible at it without the leading of the Lord. See, God often asks us to move in ways that don't make sense to us. So in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, Joshua and his people are getting a taste of this first See, God promised Joshua that he would deliver Jericho in his hand. Jericho in his hand. Legacy. Right? But they encounter a problem of epic proportions. Right? So it was, it was a problem that showed up in a, in a, uh, a massive wall. Right? So they encountered a problem, and it was uh, this massive wall that, that, that they were facing. And, you know, so you know it had to be a group of men there, right? So, you know, men get men together. They, they want to fix things. So you can imagine the, the group of men that was there. There was no shortage of ideas, right? So I'm sure in a, in a, yeah, I'm sure in a crowd that you had the intellectual guy. Right? Who was measuring the wall, trying to figure out how the wall was made, right? And it was just trying, you know, just trying to figure things out with, without even praying, just trying to just really figuring things out. Just like, hmm, this is a wall. It's designed to block someone out. The Lord tells us to go on the other side of the wall. 
to try to figure it out. So you know you have to have the intellectual guy in a, in a crowd, right? And then you know you're going to, you, you know there's going to be a faith by sight guy in a crowd. What is this? This can't be God. Look at this wall, right? This wall's here because we're not supposed to go in this direction. God would never tell us to go in this direction with this big old wall. Look how high it goes up. Why we, We're not supposed to be here. Maybe we're somewhere else. Okay, everybody, this is not the way that we should go. Pack it up. Let's go home. <laughs> I know we've been at this for years. I know we've been on this journey for years, but this can't be God. Look at this wall. It can't be God. It can't be God. Right? Why is it so complicated? This is too uncomfortable, right? Oh my gosh, we've just we've been on this journey for a long time. I'm tired. I'm in, I'm tired of using my faith. Look at this wall. It should be, things should be getting easier by now. Am I speaking to anyone today? You know you got to have that guy in the crowd. All those people there, you know you had to have that guy in the crowd. And then you had to have the overly emotional guy in the crowd. Like, who would put that stupid wall there? Who would do that? Who would put that stupid wall there? Let's go find the people who put the wall there, go punch them in the face. And then blow up the wall. Yeah, that's the answer. Punch him right in the face. Why would you put the wall there? You know that's our land. Let's go punch him in the face. They were ready. I'm ready for battle. Come on. Let's kill someone. Hit somebody. I'm ready for battle. You know that was a the guy there too, right? Overly emotional guy. But God had a different plan. He didn't ask anyone's opinion. Not even Joshua. He he's told them to choose his way. Choose my way. So he told them a plan for them to walk around the wall. They thought they were going to get a battle plan. It was a plan for them not to battle at all or to battle in a different way. He told them to march around the wall for six days. And on the seventh day, I want you to shout and blow the trumpet and the wall will come down. That didn't make sense at all. It didn't make sense to their minds, the intellectual minds. It's like, how will the wall fall if we march around it? And you know what was so powerful about this entire story in Joshua 6? It wasn't the first step of faith. It was the second. It was the third. It was the fourth. It was the fifth. It was the sixth. It because, it because they didn't see the wall fall during those steps. They didn't see. So it's, it's one thing 
to, to keep going when things get d- difficult. It's hard to keep going when things get difficult, when you don't see change. But God instructed them just to march, just to keep going. It's powerful when you see men continue in faith, no matter what season it is, to continue in your faith. So it wasn't the first day, it was the second day. It was the third day. It was the fourth day. Even when they didn't see progress, they kept going. It kept going. They were doing what didn't make sense. That is what faith is. That is what God is challenging us here to do today. Do what doesn't make sense. So he, he asked for something crazy from them, right? He told them to keep marching until the walls came down. See, God had promised Joshua that he would deliver Jericho into his hand. So what did God promise you that he would deliver in your hands? So faith must go from here to your head, from your head to your heart and to your hands. Because God wants you to leave a legacy. Can you imagine the kids that witness their fathers marching around the wall for seven days. They didn't hit anyone. They didn't shoot anyone. They just moved in faith. God's challenge us just to choose me, choose faith. They left a legacy for their kids, right? To see what faith actually looks like in our lives, how to operate faith in our lives. Can you imagine? So, you must choose God's way. It may require you to march around something. A relationship, a job, family, march around it and pray. But you must choose God's ways. Psalms 37.5, and I'm closing. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he shall Bring it to pass. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him. He should bring it to pass. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it doesn't make sense. To trust him. We don't have to understand the why of God's way, but we do have to choose to follow them. Uh. Our victory would never be hinged on our ability. He says to commit your way. Trust him. And he will bring it to pass. What are you praying for? What are you challenged with, men? God saying commit your way to him. Trust him. He'll bring it to pass. Are you wanting something to come to pass? I don't know about you. I'm I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired of doing things my way. So I submit everything to the Lord. Something, some things that I'm praying for. Even the church, I have to submit the church to the Lord. He is the true leader. I have to submit it to him. I have to trust him. And he will bring it to pass. It's powerful. Trusting 
as something we cannot explicitly prove. So I thought about having the men, because we love to uh, celebrate, bump chests. I was thinking about having the men do a public declaration. But I, I decided against that. I think we need to do a personal one, a private declaration. A private declaration that we will serve the Lord. We will commit to his word, his will, and his way. That's what the Lord's asking for here this morning, to choose his word, his will, and his way. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast. Thank you and have a blessed week.